ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. I hope you're having a wonderful day as always. Real fast, Manitoba, like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff that helps out the show, uh, especially sharing. It really does help. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, or sorry, Facebook and YouTube. That's Manitoba Freethinker Podcast. Um, uh, MB Freethinker is TikTok, Twitter, Minds, Liberty, Rumble, pretty much everything else. Uh, if you want to send me an email, you could send me an email at mbfreethinker at hotmail.com or no, at gmail.com or you can go to uh, mbfreethinker.wordpress.com and get all the audio-only episodes there. All right, Manitoba. Oh, well, there's the music again. <laughs> My bad. All right, Manitoba, like... Uh, Oh boy, my internet's acting crazy, just so you guys know. Um, just when you think the Manitoba government does something right, they end up fucking it up, like normal. Like, I will, I, I will admit that there are a few good things that uh, the conservatives are doing lately. I don't know if they're getting a lot of pushback from, from the people. But uh, so I will point out when they do the good things, but for the most part, government is going to do what government does. And like normal, they're just uh, picking winners and losers. Uh, sorry, guys, I'm going to stop this music real fast. Oh, whatever, I can't find it. Either way, Manitoba, I'm just going to get into it. Oh, there it stopped. So, like I said, I'm going to point out when they do finally do good things. Um, Manitoba First Nations Police Service gets 155000 for crime confiscations to pay for equipment and training. So, this is what I like to see. This is what our justice minister is supposed to be doing. Um, and again, I, I know I'm kind of hard on the Manitoba government. But uh, obviously, a lot of fault is with Justin Trudeau. Like, a lot of this responsibility is federal. But um, still, I'm not going to give Gortzen any uh, free ride. But uh, from CBC News, the Manitoba First Nations Police Service is getting a cash boost to buy some new gear and provide training to frontline staff thanks to busted criminals. The prov provincial government announced on Thursday that it is uh, providing $155,100 from its criminal property forfeiture fund to the MFNPs, which will spend it on software and computer training, breath alcohol testers and technician training, forensic analysis, and the use of drones in investigations. And MFNPS or whatever, and MFNPS, Manitoba First Nations Police Service, just so you guys know. Quote, this funding will be dedicated to initiatives that otherwise would not be possible, at least not this year, uh, Chief Doug Powelson said. The agency also intends to use some of the funds to develop gang reduction strategies and insist in drug and crime-related investigations. The Criminal Property Fortress Fund, which was created in 2009, seizes and liquidates criminals' assets, then puts the money towards police and community initiatives. A.K.A. the government steals their money and their shit and sells it. 
Uh, Thursday's announcement was made at the Swan Lake First Nations office in Headingley, just west of Winnipeg. Swan Lake Chief uh, Jason Daniels said the money will give safety officers the tools that are required to curb the illegal drug trade in our community. That's affecting our employees, our families, our children, end quote. Justice Minister Kevin Gortzen, who made the announcement, used the opportunity to call on the federal government for what he said is a lack of sustainable long-term funding for First Nations policing in Manitoba. The province sent a letter back in July to Public Safety Minister Mar- Marco Mendocino asking for a, for an equitable, equitable distribution of total funding from the federal government based on Manitoba's on reserve First Nation, Nation population. Quote, currently only about 8% of the total First Nations funding, and that's First Nations and Inuit police program, that is coming from Ottawa is sent to Manitoba, despite the fact that 19% of the total on reserve population is in our province, he said. That results in 45, that results in 45 of 63 First Nations and Manitoba communities not receiving any dedicated funding from the federal government when it comes to First Nations policing. I truly believe the federal government does see this as an important issue and will continue to advocate. So like I said, Manitoba, I am obviously kind of hard on Gortzen and them, but uh, ultimately this is obviously up to the federal government. Uh, this is not the first time Gortzen has made an issue. I know I laughed at him because he just wrote a strong-worded letter, um, but he has acknowledged that uh, we do have an RCMP staffing shortage, especially in northern Manitoba. So if we're not going to... If we're not going to um, have RCMP policing these reserves, we should definitely be funding uh, the First Nations police force. And I mean, and honestly, Manitoba, if we're going to steal the money from the criminals, we should de- it should definitely go to policing and not some other, you know, social justice cause. So I am at least happy. And it's not like going to neighborhood watch like some bullshit program like that like what he's trying to pull off in winnipeg so like i said at least he's doing something uh a lot of this does rely on the federal government but um so yeah i will point out when at least they do a few things good and uh this is this is the main point of the show though (laughs) every single time the government does something I just don't understand why they have to pick and choose winners. Like they could have just they could have implemented this so much better. Uh I'm just gonna read what they say though from MB uh the government website, gov.mb.ca. Manitoba families most in need to benefit from eighty seven million family affordability package, says Premier. As part of the Manitoba government's ongoing effort to help families make ends meet Premier Heather Stephenson today unveiled an $87 million family affordability package to immediately provide families with children, seniors living on a fixed income, and Manitobas who are hurting the most with benefits to help ease the burden of rising costs and high inflation. Quote, we know that many Manitobans are hurting right now and having a hard time making ends meet, said Stephenson. Not only are we recovering from the pandemic, but we are also facing the burden of the new federal carbon tax, along with soaring utility bills and rising prices on everything from gasoline to groceries. 
Manitobans need help right now and we're taking action. End quote. Help for families with children. As part of the new family affordability package, Manitoba families with children and a household income of less than 175000 in 2021 will receive a family affordability benefit check of 250 for the first child and 200 for each additional child. I'm going to highlight that, Manitoba. An estimated 145,000 families with approximately 282,000 children will benefit with an average check of approximately $440 per family, totaling $63 million in benefits. These numbers are important. 145,000 families, 175,000 in income to get approximately $440. Help for low-income seniors. I'll continue. In addition, seniors with less than 40,000 in income who claimed an education property tax credit in 2021 will receive a family affordability benefit check of 300 to help ease the burden of rising costs. The $16 million initiative will help approximately 52,000 senior households living on fixed incomes. Seniors making 40000 will get a check of 300 A family of making $175,000. I want to tell you something, Manitoba. If, you, if you're a family making $175,000, two adults... You don't need the $400. And if you do, it's because you're living above your means. A senior making $40,000 needs this. It's un- like, who, who designs these plans? Like, they, they're just, like I said, Manitoba, they pick winners and losers. Uh, I'll continue, though. Man- help for Manitoba's most in need. Manitobans receiving Employment and Income Assistance, EIA, will benefit from long overdue increase to the basic needs rate starting in October 2022 for the month of November. EIA general assistance clients without dependent children will receive an extra $50 per adult each month. All EIA disability clients will receive an additional $25 per household each month. I, I mean, I'm glad they're helping them, but I don't know what the fuck $50 is going to do. Really. Like, I'll buy you like a fucking thing of coffee and a loaf of bread and a jug of milk. It wouldn't even fill up a gas tank, that's for sure. Additionally, to help feed even more struggling families who are turning to food banks to help make ends meet, the Premier said help is also on the way with temporary grant program called the Food Security Fund which will support community organizations grappling with growing demands. Stephenson noted historic tax relief measures were also part of Budget 2022, with the $2,000 tax rollback guarantee, which has now exceeded $2,400 or $4,800 for a two-income family. I like how every time they do something, they always got to try to remind you of what they also did in the past. Quote, uh, this phase of the family affordability package is our way of standing with Manitobans by providing immediate benefits and help for those who need it most, end quote, said the Premier. But there is more help on the way as we work to provide benefits to Manitobans, not just with one check, but with ongoing benefits. $400 going to families who need it the most, claims Heather Stephenson, to families 
making $175,000 will get $440 who have two kids. Seniors who are struggling will get $300 less. People in EIA will get a fucking $50 slap in the face. And if you're a disability, what, an additional 25 It's not just me. More support needed, says Advocate. Molly McCracken, Manitoba Director from the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, said it's good to see the province doing something to help people struggling with inflation. But she wonders why the funds announced are being offered even to those with incomes as high as $175,000 instead of just people who have lower incomes. Thank you, Molly. Thank you. Why do they have to put all these stipulations on it? If there's a single man or single woman with no kids who's working but only makes $40,000 and has no kids is being affected by inflation. So why would why do they not deserve a a, 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 per, a single person, man or woman making $40,000? They don't deserve any help, but a two income family making $175,000 if they have kids get help? Does that make any sense to you, Manitoba? This is all of our tax money. They're going to take my tax money and now give it to a two-income family making $175,000. How the fuck is that fair? So, quote, if you are e- uh, if you are a modest income earner, inflation is eating up even more of your money to just get by the d- these days, she said. So I would have just liked to see more targeting for modest and working class Manitobans. Is that not everyone's thought? Like, why not just say, hey, if you make this much, you get this much. No stipulations. Like, they just pick and choose winners. You got to have kids. You got to be a senior. You got, like, no. Just uh, okay. McCracken said people without kids were left out of the announcement. I, I have a kid, but uh, she's not my dependent. So, um, which laid out money she said fell short of what really needed to help Manitobans as the cost of li- living rises so high. "Quote: It is a, not a large amount of money where, when you consider how much the cost of food has gone up," she said. Adding average rent on a one-bedroom apartment has also gone up by $150. Manitoba Liberal Party leader Dougal Lamont called the plan another example of how the provincial government is still completely out of touch, pointing to the education tax rebate earlier this year that included large checks cut for billionaires. I mean, I don't want to see Liberal Party leader Dougal in charge. He would take more of my tax money he would steal more of my money and give it away, but it's I'm okay with hearing him voice his concern. But I mean, I'm just happy that people are pointing this out. It's not just me screaming to the world that um, you know that um, that our government is picking winners and losers. It's it's like I said, so frustrating. And then the other bit of news coming out of the government, Manitoba, is uh, this. Uh, we all know, well, I'm sure most of you guys know that uh, JT himself came by. It's, it's so funny watching, listening to that guy fly over the fucking world and all over Canada telling us not to, uh, you know, make a carbon footprint. 
Statement from Premier Heather Stephenson on bilateral meeting with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I had a very... It's so frustrating hearing them talk about each other. I had a very positive meeting with today with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on priorities for all Manitobans. Not all Manitobans. You're picking and choosing winners, Stephenson. That's not the conservative way, by the way. We discussed continuing collaboration between our governments, the results we have achieved together for Manitobans, and additional opportunities to deliver critical infrastructure advance reconciliation, address immigration and labor market shortages, and renew the healthcare funding partnership necessary to sustain the healthcare system that Canadians rely upon this country. You guys are both failing on all accounts. Manitoba's healthcare system is falling apart. Justice system falling apart. Like, what, what have you guys done good lately? We talked about building on the past successes. Of course you did. You guys love patting yourself on the back. Through additional federal-provincial cooperation and investments on environmentally friendly and critical water and waste water projects across the province, including the next phase on the North End Water Pollution Control Centre in Winnipeg, supporting Manitoba's clean and renewable energy profile and potential, and the renewed strategic opportunities for the Port of Churchill. I reaffirm that Manitoba is keen to partner on key infrastructure projects that create jobs, spur economic growth, and help build a cleaner, greener province for the benefit of all Manitobans. Manitoba government loves using the phrase all Manitobans because they just take money from all Manitobans and then give it to a select few. We also discussed current global economic challenges and rising prices impacting all Canadians. I noted our government's continued efforts to make life more affordable for all Manitobans, including through the new 87 million family affordability package to help ease the burden of higher cost pressures for Manitoba families with children, seniors living on fixed income, and Manitobans who are struggling the most. It's so funny how they come out with this this news release about meeting Justin Trudeau, and they again, they got to just... Wedge that in there, eh? I again urged the Prime Minister to take additional federal steps to ease the cost burdens faced by Manitoba families, parents, workers, farmers, and businesses. We shared views on improving our immigration system to address labor market shortages in Manitoba and across the country and sustain our continuing economic recovery. I stress the need for a larger provincial role, more provincial nominees, faster federal immigration processing, improved labor mobility, and enhanced recognition of foreign credentials. Yeah, well, I mean, how about just, instead of worrying about foreign credentials, stop firing local nurses and doctors and hire local. Let's focus on that, yeah? And also, I don't see, like, how come there's nothing on, um, hey, we have a RCMP shortage? Nothing on that at all? Nothing about the crime? They talk about, like, a little bit of infrastructure. I mean, Trudeau obviously didn't go for a drive down these fucking streets. Sorry for swearing. We also discussed the brutal war of aggression against Ukraine and Canada's ongoing support. I'm okay with Canada supporting foreign countries. I'm not, I'm not making an opinion on Ukraine. I'm just saying I'm okay with foreign intervention. What I'm not okay is when our city of Winnipeg 
budget makes its way over to Ukraine. That I'm not okay with. Or even our provincial tax dollars. Like, no. That's for Manitobans. Uh, where was I? I updated the Prime Minister on Manitoba's unique approach and unwavering efforts, noting that over 7,300 Ukrainians have arrived in Manitoba and that we are delivering a full range of provincial supports and services through Manitoba's Ukrainian Refugee Task Force. I mean, I'm all for helping Ukrainians, but it does seem like uh, 7,300 Manitobans could have been taken care of. Pretty sure we have a homeless situation going on in Winnipeg. Uh, Like I've pointed out a thousand times, it's weird to me how businesses offer up jobs, uh, motels, hotels, people offering up room and board to, to Ukrainians, but silent when it's to do with our own local population. So that's my problem, is when our tax dollars, this should be 7,300 Manitobans are being helped. Which is my opinion. Later this month, I will assume the role of chair of the Council of the Federation, where a renewed healthcare funding partnership remains our top priority. I reinforce that all premiers remain united in a call for the federal government to increase its funding share for the benefit of all Canadians. I stress the historic opportunity for all government to renew a sustainable and resilient health care system to better meet the needs of all Canadians now and in the future. It's so funny because we definitely know that um, our health care system is a joke. And here, uh, I mean, just uh, pre, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau commented on his uh, trip here, and it's just fluff. If you guys want to read it, go to pm.gc.ca. It's not important. Just these days, making it sound like it's everything's sunshine and lollipops. But either way, Manitoba, uh, I'm gonna keep this episode short but there was one more article I wanted to pull up because I just love seeing it um just give me a sec I'm gonna find it what was it Okay, I found it. Here, here. I just want to give you guys a quick update. Oh, shoot. Uh, where was it? Plan to stay. Protest camp at Manitoba Legislator will keep sacred fire burning, says organizer. So just so you guys know that they were issued an evacuation notice last week. And, um... Happy to. I mean, I don't even care why they're there. I just love seeing it there. I like when these protests are pissing off our elected officials. I'm tired of them hiding behind their uh, position and their just their lack of 
concern for the ordinary Manitoban. It has been more than a week since eviction notices were handed out to the encampment on the Manitoba legislative grounds, but despite those warnings, some of the encampments say that so far they have no plans to pack up and leave. On Thursday morning, the Winnipeg Sun spoke to Danko K. Tashete, an elder and residential school survivor, while she said several dozen other people remained at the encampment that has been set up for more than 14 months on the east side of the Manitoba Legislative Building Grounds. She said that when the news first broke in May of 2021 that uh, what are believed to be 215 unmarked graves of children were discovered near a former residential school in Kamloops, a ceremonial fire was lit on the legislative grounds to honor those children. She said soon after it was lit, it was decided that the fire should continue burning all day and night until all former residential school sites in Canada where unmarked graves could be located and searched. And now 14 months later, she said the fire continues to burn and the encampment remains. She said that while uh, they have been set up on the grounds, they have also allowed others to come and take part in ceremonies. Quote, in Winnipeg, there are families that have lost loved ones and have nowhere to go. And they can come here and be with that sacred fire, and we invite them here, K.P. Tashetti said. And despite eviction notices being handed to them on August 23rd, she said they plan to stay. But she did admit that she and others have been in, in talks looking for a resolution to see if the encampment could either be ended or moved somewhere else. Plans are to stay, and no, I don't agree with the law. I believe the sacred fire should stay lit while all those sites are being searched and more unmarked graves are found, she said. And we were told maybe an alternative site, but I don't want it to be in a situation where we are out of sight and out of mind. She said she believes in talks would continue this week. The law banning permanent encampments on the grounds of the Manitoba legislature was passed in June, and the province said it has been put in place for, quote, the safety of staff, visitors, tourists, and other protesters. That legislation gives the province authority to determine what can and cannot occur on the grounds, and it allows for banning of encampments, vandalism, and vehicle blockades. It also bans setting fires, brandishing weapons, as well as depositing generators, firewood, or other items to supply any encampment. (laughs) It bans giving supplies. That is too funny, Manitoba. During a Tuesday press conference, Justice Justice Minister Kevin Gortzen was asked why the encampment remained at the site on the east side of the building this week, despite eviction notices being handed out more than a week ago. He said Manitoba Justice will not be responsible for finding ways to get that encampment removed, but also said he would not get involved in his role in how the rules are ultimately enforced. Sorry, let me try that again, Manitoba. He said Manitoba Justice will be responsible for finding ways to get that encampment removed, but also said he will not get involved in the ro- in his role in how the rules are ultimately enforced. Quote, Manitoba Justice together with other law enforcement entities are responsible, responsible for enforcing their legislation that now exists, but how that enforcement happens isn't directed politically any more than other law enforcement mechanisms are involved. We will continue to leave that to those who are responsible for enforcement, end quote. He said there was no he said there were talks recently between the province and indig- indigenous leaders regarding the encampment but added no resolution came from those talks. 
Quote, there was an engagement with the Southern Chiefs Organization and the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs to see if there was some sort of re resolution that could be found. And unfortunately, I don't think that was successful. And if fact, it may have been an escalation to some degree. <laughs> Interesting. He claimed the sole purpose of the new legislation was people's safety and security, both inside and outside the Manitoba Legislative Building. That's a bunch of bullshit, Manitoba. Quote, this legislation was passed because it isn't safe for permanent encampments to be on the grounds of the legislator. It's not safe for those who are in the encampment. It's not safe for those who are visiting the ledge. And it's not safe for those who are working at the legislator. End quote. No, dude, you passed that law because you wanted to find a way to evict the convoy. And... To the people that support that, I know there's some people actually that don't support this, but to the people that do support this encampment, I ask you, where were you when we, when the convoy people were protesting? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's hand in hand. If everyone just fucking banded together, realize these dipshits um, are ruining our province. So, I mean, I just would have liked to see Manitoba that Justin Trudeau comes to Winnipeg. And honestly, the sole focus should have been just crime. That's it. Crime and healthcare. Two things. And I know there's more things, like there's more issues with Manitoba, like infrastructure, but that's more of a provincial thing. But on the federal level, when Justin Trudeau comes to Winnipeg, Manitoba, the, the, they should have been talking about RCMP shortages, health care, nurses shortages, and that's it. But Manitoba, our government sucks. So October 26th, get out and vote. Vote, 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 vote. But Manitoba, this is a record. Oh, no, I thought it was in the 20s still, but it's been a half hour. Either way, Manitoba, this is going to be a fast show. Um, I just wanted to... Get 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 that info out there. Show you what a how our government is spending our money, claiming to help all Manitobans while picking winners and choosers, uh, winners and losers. It's so frustrating, Manitoba. But either way, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I know this was kind of like a I was all over the map. This show didn't have much time to prepare. Do thank you a lot for tuning in, though. Manitoba, week one of college, so it's been pretty crazy. So I'm all over the map right now. But either way, Manitoba, thank you again. Love you guys so much, and I will catch you Tuesday. But if you want, I'm probably going to be live streaming on Saturday. There's something going on at the Human Rights Museum, or the Forks, Cancer for Children or something like that. I don't have much details. But I'm going to find out more, and I'm probably going to go down there and check it out. But either way, Manitoba, so tune in Saturday. Probably do a live then. But if not, I'll see you guys Tuesday. Take care. Bye.